The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The thing that made me say, that's it, I'm going to sit down and write this book is that I was going through a divorce and I said, this is not what's supposed to be happening. And when I realized, because I knew for years there was something wrong, I just couldn't put my finger on it. But when I realized that there was this mental health component that I personally had absolutely no control over because it wasn't my mental health that was struggling. Hmm. So when he got his diagnosis, the military finally, he'd been in counseling since 2006, but he didn't get his unofficial diagnosis until 2020. And when he got his diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, Ooh. I said, this is wonderful. That is we wonderful. have the answer. No, seriously, yeah. because now I know what we were working with, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, because I thought I was going bonkers. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. All right, we're good. One, two, three, let me step into the moon. Am I the one you see when you get into the moon? I'd sell them pump them keys while I keep up with your shoes. We got a real nice thing in the pattern of the groove. I can feel it flowing through. I see the song so clear when you roll it down your back. It's a matter of fact. Hey, y'all. Hey, I'm Mikey. And I'm Randy. And this is the Black Millennium Marriage Podcast. <laughs> Take six. Mikey, where we give you an uncensored look into all we're learning, unlearning, and loving about marriage in real-ish time. Welcome all new and veteran listeners. And a special shout out to our A1 Day Ones, Chosen Family, and Gang Gang over on Patreon. Yes, y'all some real ones. Real ones, man. We love y'all. Thank you for your continued support and community. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to this episode. Welcome. Yes. This season's theme is Lemonade. We're getting back into our groove. And in this episode, we're going to discuss Dr. Janelle Perkins Muhammad's new book, Into Me See. It's a play on intimacy, Mm y'all. But like Into Me See. All right. Anyway, Into Me See, mastering black intimacy for the relationship you've always wanted. It's some shit in here, y'all. Y'all. Such like, great, such a great interview. So in our first segment, we're going to interview Dr. Janelle about her new book. And then we'll wrap it up with our PDA segment where we will share something we're proud of for each other and or express gratitude. Y'all know our interviews. We do not do fight or flights because the episodes will never end. And this interview was just too good. And we yeah. need to just give it its day. Please take your time listening to this for the people who normally listen by themselves and then make your partner listen to it later. Go ahead and pause. And then get back to this with them sitting next to you because yeah. y'all are going to like this one. All right. Um, so, yeah, Mikey, Randy, who recorded this back then. <laughs> Let's get into it. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Janelle. Hello. We are so excited. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on the show. Um, 
We're so excited. So before we dive into the interview and into our questions and the icebreakers and all of that, I'm going to tell our audience about mm-hmm. you and read your very fancy bio. <laughs> OK. Uh, <laughs> OK. So Dr. Janelle Perkins Muhammad is a psychotherapist and licensed family therapist with more than 20 years of experience in relationship and life coaching. She is a graduate of the University of Maryland at Capella University. As an adjunct professor at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, she is a culturally competent therapist helping to establish a new generation of clinical counselors. Amen. A graduate of the Roper, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. You did. Roper Street Francis Foundation Fellowship. She is licensed in Georgia, Florida, mm. North Carolina, mm. and South Carolina. Right. Dr. Janelle is committed to removing the mental health stigma that persists by providing multicultural counseling to all who seek assistance. She believes that a deeper, more accurate understanding of mental health and wellness is transformative to our relationships. She provides intense relationship enrichment workshops designed for couples and singles, parent management, blended families and teens. And on top of all of that, she seems really nice. (laughs) Putting that out. First question, Dr. Janelle, is are you taking new clients? Are you are you available? That is so funny. <laughs> I am doing large scale workshops so that multiple people at the same time can get this information. Okay. Nice. I think that's a much easier way to really get everything to the masses. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the masses. But what about individual, personal, one on one? Do you still do that? I do. So I still see individuals and couples and you two are funny. Um, I am of the mindset that as an individual, you walk through my doors with your mama, your daddy, your sisters, your brothers, your aunties, your cousins, your play, play friends, and all of them. They all come with you. And so they help to form who you are and how you think and the ways in which you behave. So we cannot do even individual therapy without bringing them into the room as well. Mm. Now, and I do mean virtually, right? Mm-hmm. They're not physically coming in. So um, when we get to the place where it's couples, then we're bringing in two families. Yeah. Sometimes there can be as much as 15 people it's in a this lot. room. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. So does that mean that if we go to the site and put in for a for a session that you would be available so what that means is that when you go to the site you will call my assistant she will tell you whether or not i have availability okay (laughs) and then we'd work from there okay okay so for our listeners the reason why we're doing this sincerely is because (laughs) this book is really good good. and in reading it you're gonna want to say i just want to talk to this person yep um, mm-hmm. But I think there's more that you could take from it than just there's one great person you could talk to. Right. However, Absolutely. what she equips you with from the book alone <laughs> makes me want to just get on her schedule. Mikey, Mikey read notes. I just want everybody to so know like, that. He did. Yeah. Okay, Mike. So go ahead. Your first question or the question to get us started. Oh, you want me? I thought you have the first one. It definitely says Mikey. It does. Y'all. This is why reading is fundamental. I love you. you know. <laughs> so, Dr. Janelle, um, before we get into our interview questions, we like to start off with an icebreaker question. Um, we're all going to answer this one. And so the question is, what's your earliest memory of feeling safe to be yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Um, safe to be myself. Probably 
Oh, so when I was very little, I probably, I don't even know if I was quite five yet. Um, my great grandmother raised me mm-hmm. and, um, I remember going to church with her and having this feeling of complete and just engulfed in love and, um, affirmed and knowing that I was a child who was wanted. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize when I look back that my great grandmother wasn't my mother Mm. at that time. I didn't know that until I was seven. Wow. So I remember the, the difference between that five-year-old me feeling like my entire world was laid in this woven basket that was sealed with, I don't even know, love and appreciation and affirmation and um, a knowledge that this child right here is. Wow. That's beautiful. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect from the? Um, we we sure. expected a deep answer. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so for me, where I felt my earliest memory of feeling safe to be myself was as a kid. We we uh, would go down to the country. We call it Thomaston, Georgia, Butler, Georgia, um, and mm. we would have our family reunions the second Sunday of May every year and um Mm -hmm. we called it the country because i was born and raised in inner city atlanta and so it's vastly different deeper deeper in the south and we would go with my grandparents and we we'd all meet up and have our cousins and we go to my big mama's house which is my paternal grandfather's mom and we had a big trampoline and we'd always run straight to the trampoline and we stay on a trampoline all day and um we just well, E, and then we were at the age where people were still really excited to see us, you know, because they didn't get to see us. We were still at the age where we were pretty young to still be cute, you know, to everybody. And everybody's like, you know, whose child is this? Oh, this is Randy's child. Because um, I'm named after my dad. And so it was always, it just felt like, it felt, I felt very safe to be like very free and like to run everywhere. And my grandfather uh, had a business where he fixed popcorn machines and cotton candy machines. And so he would always bring like cotton candy machines to the family reunions and we would, we would eat and it was like a, like a theme park. Um, and then we'd have mm-hmm. moments where we'd go to the graveyard and we'd repaint our, um, our ancestors graves and paint them white mm-hmm. and it, it'd be like a whole thing. And, and that's like, it never felt like weird to be in a cemetery running around playing while the adults were doing that. And I just felt very free mm-hmm. and very safe. Um, during that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I got to go to one of those um, family yeah. reunions. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Very it's a country. whole theme, routine. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Fun times. How about um, you, babe? Oh, so me. Um, earliest memory? Yes, of being safe, to, feeling safe to be yourself. Thank you. I like when you just ask the question to me. It makes me feel special. Um, earliest memory for me would be um, uh, Guyana Day. It would be one of the Guyana days from when I was a kid. So um, I am born and raised in Atlanta. Um, I have ties in New York. Um, uh, But my family, uh, I grew up here. I grew up in Atlanta. And there's a very large West Indian community here in Atlanta. Um, Mm -hmm. And so every year, Memorial Weekend, we have uh, Guyana Day. This is where people from all Caribbean islands, lands come. uh, But it's for celebrating people from Guyana. Um, And (laughs) while you're there... 
you know, you kind of, you know, you, you catch it if your flag is anything other than a Guyanese flag. But you're also welcome to partake in this food and have fun with us. But I just remember seeing um, like the girls on like the Maypole. So they like hold the ribbon and run around and like weave it down the ribbon and mm-hmm. um, all of the food, the the curry chicken, the the funnel cakes, the just like literally just watch, you know, uh, cricket, even if you don't know what cricket is at the time, like just being around my culture in that way was very, it felt very good. Mm-hmm. But also this event would be held on a track. Um, so, uh, in my earlier years, it was held at like Georgia perimeter college. It's now something mm-hmm. else. It's now Georgia state. It's, yeah, it's Georgia state, but another <laughs> campus. Um, and it was held on like a giant track. So as you walk around the track, you can go to like different attractions and you can see different things in different oh. booths, but also at every corner, there's a family member. So this is a family member that you've probably never seen before in your life or you haven't seen all year at all or someone that came from New York or someone that came from Guyana or Texas or whatever. And so you constantly wow. getting like poked and you turn around and they're like, hey, and it's like a twin of yours. Like they look like you, but you don't know who it is. I'm like, hey, it's me from so and so. Like the entire thing is a giant family reunion. It, it always made me feel really, really good. Yeah. And so being able to take Drew to the first one a couple of years ago was really, really nice. Um, but I genuinely like that was that was it for me. Yeah. Then you start, you know, mm-hmm. identifying these cousins, seeing these aunts and uncles and be like, you know, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. OK. And then also because we didn't pay to get in <laughs> and we're hungry. Let's say you don't have money for one of these booths. Somebody's cooking, you know, like somebody has food over mm-hmm. there. Go get something there. Go Like it just that was that was a good a good space for me. Yeah. yeah. How, How old were you when you went to the first one? Our first one at seven, I think probably mm-hmm. younger. Oh, wow. But seven okay. was one of the first ones I remember. Hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing Yes. That. Thanks, Mike. Guyana days are fun. They're really busy, too. I'm like, whoo. It's a lot. It's hot. It's very high energy. There's <laughs> a lot going on. Okay. So, Dr. Janelle, uh, thank you again for being here. We are going to get started into our interview questions. And the first one we had, mind you, this took, mm-hmm. like, some maneuvering. Like, who's going to get to ask their question? What are we going to, you know, so I just want to let you know that we we both tried to get in here to you. Okay. So, Okay. <laughs> so um, as I said off the mic, I'll also say again, I intended to go through the book and take some notes um, so that we be prepared mm-hmm. for the interview so that you weren't just sitting on the interview talking to people who didn't even look at the book. And I ended up reading the entire thing in one sitting. I just I almost never do this. And I just want to say I, again, I really enjoyed it. And, um, Thank and with you. that, you're welcome. With that, my first question is, what motivated you to write this book? What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Was it Sharetta and Samuel? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, I actually started writing this book. I mean, I've written many times over the course of my lifetime. But this book I started writing in 2001. Oh, wow. And it was going to be a different book. It was actually going to be the business of marriage because I'm an entrepreneur mm. and I had been writing about, and, I, and my family's full of entrepreneurs. So I'd been writing about how to be in a family business and so forth and so on. And my mom and I were sitting at the time just kind of talking about how marriage and businesses kind of look like, even though one's more relational, the other's transactional, there are moments when 
all of that plays a part in what you're doing in both environments. So over the years, I've made a host of notes. Um, my family, my parents were ministers, and they ran our marriage excellence ministry, and they ran the finance ministry. And so I would always see people coming and going and coming and going, same people kind of with recidivism, if you will. And so um, I thought to myself, there has to be a way to really be looking at what is it that has occurred in life that keeps us from being able to grasp how to communicate more effectively, mm-hmm. um, how to truly understand and be empathetic to the person we're con- decided that we want to be connected to, mm-hmm. um, what keeps us from being connected to our own emotional states as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that made me say, that's it, I'm going to sit down and write this book is that I was going through a divorce and I said, this is not what's supposed to be happening. And when I realized, because I knew for years there was something wrong, I just couldn't put my finger on it. But when I realized that there was this mental health component that I personally had absolutely no control over because it wasn't my mental health that was struggling. Mm. So when he got his diagnosis, the military finally, he'd been in counseling since 2006, but he didn't get his unofficial diagnosis until 2020. And when he got his diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, I said, this is wonderful. wonderful. We have the answer. No, seriously, because now I know what we were working with, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, because I thought I was going bonkers. He said, I'm not doing anything with that. I like me. You just keep doing what you do. I said, no, 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 no. I'm dying. (laughs) I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. I need us to figure out how to fix this. He said, nope, you do what you got to do. And I said, okay. And literally, I was probably about a quarter of a way of the way through the book. So between that point, which was like November of 2020, might have been a little bit earlier than that. And December of 21, finished it. I said, all those notes, everything I know, everything I know to be true, everything I've seen work and all the other people that I've helped. This is real. But my God, we don't really pay attention as a black people to this mental health aspect because that thing is horrifying if you don't get the services the resources you need wow that not a narcissist <laughs> no, no no that word gets thrown around by like in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. a clinical diagnosis of a what clinical, that is yes. is so different. can you can you for anyone who may not know dr janelle can you give like um in layman's terms what uh what being diagnosed as a narcissist and have a narcissistic personality disorder what does that mean mm-hmm. so let's start here there are many people who are in leadership positions that have traces of narcissism you have to really like yourself in order to know that you can accomplish a particular thing mm-hmm. for the two of you to be doing a podcast and have the millions of subscribers that you have you had to have had a level of confidence that said we can do this and we can do it well mm-hmm. okay now it doesn't mean every now and again you don't think to yourself why am i doing this <laughs> it just means simply that there is this confidence on the inside that says come on let's go do it 
There's also a, I like me. I enjoy me. I love me some me. Narcissism, however, sees only me. Mm-hmm. They are competitive. They're only looking for their way of doing things. Um, they are lack empathy. So for example, cause it's better if I give examples. Um, my, well, let me give this one. This one's better. I, um, we were going on a vacation and I ran to the gym to pick up my headphones, which I'd left in my jet locker. We were living in a foreign country at the time. And when I leaned down to get the, the headphones, I hit my head on that metal piece that sticks out for the lock. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I hit my head cause I was in full go get your earphones, mm-hmm. though, right? I felt it. I screamed out, but I was like, okay, you got to get going because you're getting ready to get on this plane, right? So I go to run on out of the locker room, get halfway down the hall and faint. So now all the people are rushing to me. He's out in the car. They Someone goes out to get him and he comes in. He's like, girl, get up, get up. Now, at this time, I could do this and look up and see my head. Do you understand what I'm saying? I could see my head. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He's you're making pushing, faces, y'all. <laughs> I know. He's put. He's like pushing people back going, that's ridiculous. She's going to be all right. To the point where they called the military police because they actually thought maybe he had hit me. That's how dismissive he was mm-hmm. of the injury they could clearly see. So they got the ambulance there. They put me in, you know, the ambulance, took me to the emergency room. He showed up 30 minutes later. The emergency room is seven minutes from the place where the gym was. Why was he 30 minutes late? He ran to the store. He ran to the bank. He knew that he needed to go by his office and grab a few things. And then he came to the ER. Got it. (sighs) Dr. Janelle. Very clear now on the (laughs) So narcissism only seeks to benefit themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are super competitive, lack empathy, only see themselves as being the best. um, And you can't tell them anything other. So in the 23 years of marriage, there was, and it's a constant dripping like Chinese water torture is what they call it, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't do what he says, it's like, until you finally go, okay, 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 okay. We'll, we'll do it. We'll just. Oh, we got to have you back because we got to talk about narcissistic parents. We got to talk about all the things. My God. And the healing process. And he what? I said, and the healing process. You said, and the healing process from being. From being with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. So from being raised by a narcissist, narcissist, from being um, siblings of a narcissist, um, all of that, there's a healing process that comes. Some Someone said to me one day, they're like, you know, being a single parent is just horrible and I would never want to do that. And I said, I hear you. I said, there's also trying to pay attention to raising a child with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. It can be worse than single parenting. Yes, I'm sure. Can be is what I said, so don't nobody write me no letters. <laughs> it can be worse than single parenting because now there's a lack of control. Mm. So did you get the divorce? I did. Oh, okay. My hair grew back. Y'all can look at my LinkedIn so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
or not my LinkedIn, my uh, uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok. I have talked about the journey. I literally, I used to have locks that were beautiful, healthy locks. I mean, feet upon feet long. My friends used to joke that my hair was half my body size. I'm five feet tall. So, <laughs> so don't look like that. Good. <laughs> so literally I ended up having to shave my head because my hair had fallen out in huge chunks. Hmm. Um, I was ill. I was fainting all over the place. I could be walking across the street and just have syncope choop, choop, just drop like crazy all from the stress of trying to manage a relationship with a narcissist. Ooh. So when I wrote this book, I was in a space where I was elated that God had given me an answer, that I had a clear answer. I wasn't happy about the answer, but I had an answer. Yeah. And that's what I wanted this book to be for a number of people is an answer. Wow. Chills. Like my yeah. I got the shakes. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Janelle. Oh, my God. Okay, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, I'll go after that. Um, so my question, um, so in your book, you state, um, if couples desire to utilize every opportunity they have to experience sex, they should work to fill the gaps that exist in their sexual, emotional, spiritual, and cognitive intimacy. Now, this stood out to me because when you start talking about like uh, sexual intimacy, this is where like I'm locked in. I'm very focused. I don't know. It could just be something wrong with me. But <laughs> this was very, very interesting. Um, and you talk about these uh, forms of intimacy in detail, great detail into the book. Um, and there are the four types, right? Could, would you mind going into what those four types are, um, the four types of intimacy? Something short and sweet. Yeah, and then maybe one or absolutely. two things that you would recommend uh, couples can do to kind of practice or improve in these areas. They are kind of, they're really intertwined. And the spiritual is probably the one that wraps everything together because that's about the core beliefs and values. Talking through that is where the cognitive comes into play. So having that opportunity to really sit down and be honest with one another about what you think and what you feel and whether or not, I mean, in the early stages, is it a relationship you want to be a part of? Mm -hmm. Because we don't have to just accept everything that comes along. I don't believe that half a man is better than any man, than, than no man at all. Um, I'm not of the mindset that you just, you know, if the woman can't do the following things, it's all right. She'll figure it out later. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. There has to be some conversation. So the cognitive piece. Then it's the emotional because you know how it is when you get to talking and your emotions get to going when somebody mm -hmm. says something that doesn't fit with your core beliefs and values. And now you either have the ability to agree to disagree mm -hmm. or to validate those feelings without judgment. Mm -hmm. That's the big key. And then before you know it, you really get to a space where the physical begins to come natural. Um, and that's what people miss is they think physical, the sexual part has to be, we got to be able to do this on a regular basis, the way it's supposed to be done. No, it's about what works for you as a couple. And it's rare that you can um, find a woman that if her bills aren't paid and if she doesn't feel aroused, the arousal is different from desire. Mm -hmm. You can desire someone and not be able to get aroused. Mm. Yeah. So for women, it could take three or four days to reach arousal so that on Friday, we start on Tuesday. On Friday, I'll be ready for you. <laughs> That's not okay. So if you work in the spiritual, 
if you work in the spiritual, the cognitive and the emotional, by the time you get to Friday, you'll be ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> So, so what ways um so for the um okay so we're starting with spiritual what's one way couples can improve their spiritual intimacy to get to that hot butt naked sex that you talk a lot about hey. and <laughs> which is now my favorite acronym i live in a world of acronyms it's my favorite now um well from a spiritual perspective it is really the agreement of what it, what your core beliefs and values are and what the standard is. So you may have some things that you don't agree with that fall well below the priority. When you have the top three, you know, this is the space that we move from, that we existed. One of my core beliefs and values is that we have to be able to give back to the community in one way or another. That for me is a spiritual connection. And one of the core beliefs and values of most of our community is that we go to church mm. in one way or another. And spirituality from a religious perspective is very much connected to who we are as a people. So being able to tap into those is important. Okay. She's been. That's right. I mean, I that's another conversation, but I just want to say that I we always found it interesting how many conversations some couples don't have yeah. before mm. they get married. Especially when it concerns mm-hmm. the core values and, mm-hmm. and in this case, the spiritual intimacy and then people get married. And I think it's like people you said this earlier, but like people hoping something will change or they'll they'll get it mm-hmm. with time. And it's like, well, no, not if it's like their core value. Yeah, that cognitive <laughs> the distortion core does not change. You yeah. can't disassociate from like the truth in that way you know? yeah, I mean, you um, can, but it's not going to end well. Yeah. And so I I well, agree. I generally say that you could probably hide three to six months. Mm. After that, everything is falling out of the cabinet. Three to six months is about the time. I think that's also like across the board, maybe not even just with romantic relationships, but with. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed. But with platonic, familial, Mm -hmm. especially like when you move in with. With people, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about all. Oh, I'm thinking about my life, Doctor Janelle. I'm thinking about <laughs> my life. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. It, if you don't do well in platonic relationships, you're not likely to do well in romantic relationships. That's just a truth, because mm-hmm. you know those are the individuals who say things like, "Girl, you're so moody." Oh my gosh, why you got attitude all the time? And you're like, I don't have an attitude. Well, you gonna take that attitude right over to the next space. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother used to say, everywhere you go, there you are. Mm. That ooh. <laughs> Dr. <Bars>. Janelle. <laughs> everywhere you go, there you yeah, are. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. Wow. I got that from Naughty by Nature. We don't think about it though. No, we is, don't. What'd like, you get from Naughty mirror. by Nature? The the quote, everywhere you go, there you are. Uptown anthem. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from music. I, everybody is a mirror. Like if you think about it that way, mm-hmm. your situation, your finances, how you feel, your house is a mirror with like, with how you feel on the inside. And yeah, okay, okay. So, mm-hmm. who, who? Come okay. on, baby. all right. My question. So, Doctor Janelle, the couples that you referenced in the book were very fascinating to me. Um, but it was Sharetta mm-hmm. and Samuel that made me initially think of something that has often come up in our own marriage um, and relationship. Mm-hmm. So Sharetta hated being 
getting hit on her butt. And for me and Mike, it's come up frequently over the years that I hate being groped and randomly hit on my butt. Um, he comes up to me and he'll like just grab my boobs or he'll like, you know, like I'm just like, uh. And initially when I would bring this up to Mike, it would turn into, you know, well, I want to be able to touch my wife. I want to be able to do like, the things mm-hmm. husbands do, you know, the person I'm going to be with. And then I would feel ashamed because I also want you to be able to touch your wife. Like I want you to have the marriage of your dreams. Also, and if, it's worth noting that this was a while ago. And I will feel, and I felt mm-hmm. like something I had to do. <laughs> Mikey's like, don't. The earlier years of this marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's come up, it's come up off and on our whole marriage, but um, because there are also some things I wasn't, you know, doing, but it felt like something I had to do to be a good wife and to prove myself. But in the book, mm-hmm. I noticed that there were the same things, themes among the couples based on, um, same things among the couples. And so based on what I read in the book, this is a brain thing. And you break that down about like how even knowing why you're traumatized and your triggers um, doesn't change your ability to be able to change immediately or even ever, you know? <laughs> like so like and so i just i want you to explain um based off the description in the book and the brain image and all Mm -hmm. that can you explain why knowing why you're traumatized does not equate to immediate change Um, right well you know it's it's really interesting this is why i put mental health and relationships together and people often look at me like they don't that's not right It's because our experiences are held in the brain. Mm -hmm. So it's the reason why, you know, if we think about it from just the perspective of cutting your hand when you washed a glass as a kid and you put your hand in that glass and you turn the washcloth, it cracks and it cuts you. You can remember who was there for you. You can remember how many stitches you got. You can remember what it felt like to notice it and see the blood running from your hand. All of those memories are stored. But it doesn't stop you from reaching in the cabinet to get another glass to drink from. Babe. Yeah, what's up? Can I read you something? Why did you ask me in your sexy voice? No one said marriage was easy. Is this an ad? But it shouldn't be this hard. Audra Connor Foster is used to presenting a picture of domestic bliss to the outside world. The truth is her husband hasn't touched her in months. Mm. After a bitter argument one night, she finally asked for a divorce. Oh, shit. Damon is not surprised when Audra asks. But the words sting. What he won't allow her to do is keep him away from his kids. Mm-mm. A battle of wills ensues, forcing the couple to face the truth about the demise of their marriage. This sounds dramatic. Yeah. In the midst of all the pain, anger, and bitterness, they try to rekindle the fire in their relationship before it's too late. It's not too late? Would you read this book? Would I read it? Yes. I'd let you read it to me. Okay, that's fair. How about instead I read a little bit about the author? Okay. So Delaney Diamond is the USA Today's best-selling author of more than 50 sensual contemporary romance and romantic suspense novels. Ooh. Audra is actually book three of her Family Ties series, a story about Damon and Audra, whose marriage is on the rocks when Audra finally asks for a divorce. <laughs> I'll let you take it from here. Okay. The couple reconnects through exercises that remind them of how and why they fell in love. Okay. It's looking like a relationship check-in. Sounds like one. What readers are saying, sexy. A powerful story of love. A beautiful story of saving a marriage. Definitely recommend. Okay. And we too recommend y'all. I'm currently reading this book on my Kindle. You can also be reading it on your Kindle or wherever you get your books. All right. So what's the name of the book? The book is called Audra by Delaney Diamond. It just stops you for saying, I'm not going to wash that in that same way anymore. 
So that memory, that experience is there. The feelings, even if you were to touch that bruise or that cut, the sensitive, the sensory um, nerves are there and you can feel it. It doesn't hurt like it did when you cut it as a child, but it still has an impact on you. Mm-hmm. And that's the way in which we respond in relationships. Our hippocampus holds on to those experiences. The amygdala holds on to the feelings. The frontal lobe begins to adjust based on how we respond to having seen something that reminds us of how we responded before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when Sarita was being tapped on her butt and, you know, Samuel, Samuel was walking by and pinching her and showing up in the buff, it took her back to a time where she was traumatized. And since we have a tendency to normalize trauma, as a Black people, we don't often think of some of those things as traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it definitely has been triggering and can be triggering, especially when realizing that I'm in a healthy, loving, you know, relationship, somebody who I feel mm-hmm. safe with, somebody I know who mm-hmm. will like kill and die and live for me. And mm-hmm. also I can't help that I don't like this, even though I know you do, even though I know I'm safe now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for it to for it to like kind of be to be framed sometimes in the past, like. It just made it makes me it made me feel like I didn't have autonomy. I was still in I was in another position where I had no say so over how I was engaged with. And it made him feel like he couldn't be vulnerable and say what he liked and what he liked to do. Um, And that's important. You know, and so it's just like, well, can this work? (laughs) (laughs) But we we had those conversations and I, I, I brought it up to Randy. It was very layered to me. Because we've been together for so long and um, like high school, college and mm-hmm. all of our interactions, it's never been a problem for me to touch your butt in passing. It's never been a problem for me to touch you, period. And so now that we're married, I'm like, the only thing that's changed is we see each other more, more regularly now. As opposed to being long distance. Which to me was like, well, then this will continue at this current pace or maybe more. Not that I would got, I got to stop completely now. Like I have access mm-hmm. to you. I can see you much more than I used to. We used to talk about how this would go when we finally moved in together. Mm-hmm. And now you washing dishes and I see a butt and I want to touch the butt. And you telling me I can't touch the butt because I was like, I'm just confused. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the other component of that is the fact that in those dating phases, we have a tendency not to talk about as you just mm-hmm. mentioned those things that really hurt us when we were younger because mm-hmm. we're just hoping they will go away yeah. and they don't. We have to discuss the trauma, the drama. We have to discuss discuss the, the neuroplasticity, building new muscle, muscle memory, mm-hmm. and how we're going to do that. So I always recommend that couples pull out flip charts. Mm-hmm. My family used to do this all the time, which is really funny. When I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a very interesting family. (laughs) We pull out flip charts to literally, you know, decide basic things and set expectations and write out the budget and um, write the affirmations 
for the family. And nowadays, which we didn't have then, they have self-sticking flip charts. Mm -hmm. So you can put them on the wall to remind you Mm -hmm. of what you said you would do or what you said you would like, or this is how we're going to move toward one another. Mm -hmm. Um, I said to a couple the other day, because she kept saying, I have to die to myself. I got to die to my flesh. I said, what if we said, I have to honor our love. Mm -hmm. I have to honor our agreement. Mm -hmm. Because your your neurological system, the limbic system, when it hears die, it just, it gets tense Mm -hmm. and there's anxiety that comes with that. And rather than putting yourself in an immediate stress, move yourself to calm. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I get to honor love, I got to figure out how to honor this relationship better rather than I got to figure out how to die to myself Mm -hmm. so I could be better in this relationship. That is, yeah, I hear die and I want to flee. I want to, it's inciting fight or flight response. Like, why I got to die? hilarious (laughs) because Randy and I, when we talk about these things, that the, the word honor is how I move largely. But I've never been able to, I guess, articulate it in the way that you do or that you have only Mm -hmm. that I've spoken to men who are married and they've spoken to me about what it means to honor your wife, to honor this commitment, like what that Mm -hmm. looks like. And a lot of that I've adopted and taken on and it's like ingrained in me. Um, but this is funny because it actually brings us to, (laughs) to the next question. Right. This is, I specifically asked Sam, uh, Dr. Janelle's media strategies for this chart. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know if you can send us the book, but can you send me the chart that I heard about in your Fox News interview uh, that you did about the emotions chart? But this is Mikey's question. I'm going to let him have it. (laughs) So um, so actually back from the the question that we just did. So when you said um, people need to talk about these things, which we are both in agreement on, like they should. The problem that we've discovered is that talking about it is one thing, but talking about it in depth is another. Mm -hmm. So for instance, with Randy and the butt touching, I'm aware of like things that have happened in her past, but again, we haven't gone to the lengths or in depth in ways that probably would have showed me a little bit more, made me a little bit Mm -hmm. less sensitive when she responded a certain way. And instead of taking it on and personalizing it, just looking at it more so in a larger like context. Um, My problem (laughs) that I've noticed is with words. Um, so for instance, mm-hmm. whenever Randy's asked me to like, Hey, like, how are you feeling? It used to be, I'd say like nothing. I don't know. Or I don't know. I can't figure it out. Or I'm sad mm-hmm. within this book. You all, we discovered that there's a chart. <laughs> a chart. So did you know that there are 20 different words for sad, for sad? <laughs> <laughs> and hurt and insecure and yeah. So, so my question, mm-hmm. um, we both got excited about the emotions chart and we recognize that mm-hmm. when we say things like, Hey, I'm tired or sad or anything mm-hmm. like that. That we're not going into detail about what's really up with us. Mm-hmm. Would you mind talking to us or telling us about the emotions chart and how couples can basically integrate its use to grow closer and to understand each other? For sure. I think the biggest thing to recognize is that we are literally only born with six emotions. Mm-hmm. Hear what I'm saying. When we are birthed into the earth. We only have six emotions available to us immediately. And that's going to be fear, surprise, disgust, and then happy, sad, and angry. That's it. That's all you got. But there are hundreds of emotions available to us, right? And so what happens is that somebody has to teach those to us. But if you're in a family 
that has no idea themselves about emotions, then you're only going to learn what you might see at school or what your teacher might have said something about. So let's take fear, for example. Fear can actually go into being anxious, being scared, um, being feeling rejected is a part of fear. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about that. Threatened, of course, we get. Um, and then if you go deeper, inadequacies are a part of fear. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to stop long enough to figure out where you are on the chart, you need a chart in front of you. <laughs> and you can get these charts everywhere yeah. because we don't really have the vocabulary for it, especially in a stressful, conflicting moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are wheels you can buy that literally tell you, you know, those six that I talked about. And then it branches out into the others that you could be feeling instead. Mm -hmm. And so imagine if you were angry, but you recognize that you have actually felt disappointed, you would respond differently in that situation to disappointment than you would with anger. And your relationship, therefore, would grow. So the biggest thing you can do to help your relationship is get a chart, put it on the refrigerator. Everybody talk about it every day. Somebody says, you know, today I felt the following things. But as I look at this chart, I realized I wasn't really mm-hmm. disgusted. I was hesitant. Mm-hmm. I was nervous or I was. I was nervous. Yeah, we turned and the this reason chart into I was we, Mike was like, we have to print this chart and not just for Drew, our child. We have to do it for us. He's like, I need this chart. Oh, yeah. Because when I say, yeah. well, he'll, you know, he's trying to, you know, come oh, on to me. I got the example. And he wants to have sex. And I'm like, I'm tired. And, you know, he's tired of here. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But that's not, but like, and I'm feeling hurt because I'm like, you don't see me. You don't understand what I'm saying. And then I look at this chart and realize I'm not saying I feel defeated. <laughs> I'm not saying I feel powerless, you know, or that I've had, a, or that I feel dejected because of whatever day I had. Mm-hmm. And I know that if mm-hmm. I were to say, I feel dejected, everything is going to stop. We're having stop. a completely different he's conversation. Just like, what is, you know, like talk to me as opposed to tearing tired mm-hmm. and being like, oh, so I ain't getting none today, you know, or getting none right now. Yeah. Okay, so let me touch on that for just a moment. <laughs> so here's the thing about tired, right, for a woman. Let's go back a few hundred years. And I recognize this is for the most part going to be from a Caucasian perspective because we were slaves mm-hmm. during this time. But the truth of the matter is there was once a time in this world where women did not did not work a job outside of the home. They were basically resting, preparing the house for a dinner party, getting things together, and there was far less stress. So you know what they did? Whenever they did feel like, you know what, I think I sex. They loved sex. They wanted sex. They were always lubricated, mm-hmm. walking around with floodwaters mm-hmm. all over the place, <laughs> constantly. Their no husbands were so bothered by their need and desire for sex that they sent them to doctors <laughs> and doctors would help them masturbate. And it got to be too much for the doctors. <laughs> and that's how we got vibrators. Wow. Yeah, we saw something about that in Mosex. Oh, which is Mosex. Yeah. So think about this for a moment. Men... If you want more sex and want her to be ready to roll at the drop of a dime, you might need to figure out how to make the kind of money that lets her sit at home and prepare herself. <laughs> That's where I'm at, Miss Chanel. We're, we're in alignment. Very clear on that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yes. And then it then work out the other details. But I'm saying, yeah. let's start there. Yeah. She's right. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. But it's, yeah, because I noticed like when we're, when money's like good and it's flowing, I'm like, we're both just like, ah. And then when it's just like, I don't know where it's coming from. Right now we're in the house buying process and it's a little tense, you know, and mm-hmm. just being like, dude, what do you want? Meanwhile, what? I don't care because. <laughs> He's like, well, you know. We always straight. We're always going to be straight. Um, yeah. And the work is being done. So like, I just, it's just mm-hmm. yeah. a difference in opinion. I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And stress can be, I mean, sex can be a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. It just depends on whether we're talking about pleasure or just getting it or in. obligation and that's when it starts feeling or like obligation. a chore when it's like mm-hmm. i have to do this because we only had sex once this week and we saw the chart there's a chart in dr janelle's book where she's mad charts y'all a chart uh, where she shows the missed opportunities for sex and mikey mm-hmm. was like this is sad you know, because it was it was based off of being married for five years 10 years and 20 years mm-hmm. i think and um mm-hmm. and there were obviously lots of missed opportunities and what I think we're all trying to do is we're trying to decrease the amount of missed opportunities for sex. But that is hard to do if we're not talking about why we're missing sex. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not because I'm not into you or attracted to you. Mm-hmm. It's all these other things that we won't take the time or haven't taken the time out to discuss. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was a, you did say in the book, there was an activity you had, I think it was Carson and Sasha do. Uh, they had to take 15 minutes to look at the chart. Can you explain that just, to, just so our uh, listeners can, can hear? And then I'll say my question. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think what you're talking about is you have to take a, a period of time where you literally look at a few questions and the questions may be things like, um, you know, how often would you like for us to go to dinner or how often would you like for us to enjoy family? When do we need to be just the two of us and not have in other interruptions? And then that gives you the opportunity to only talk for that 15 minute period of time and then go to your own sections of the house or do whatever you normally do before you come back together to see, is that truly how I feel about that? Mm -hmm. Or is there something more I want to add to it? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Everybody get this chart. (laughs) Really? (laughs) We need, we need everybody to read the book. Images alone is worth investing in this book. Um, And well, for my notes, I literally screenshot and I put them in the notes and I was like, you need to see this chart. Um, Okay. Mm -hmm. So my final, the final question that we have, um, on the record is uh, <laughs> another thing I really loved about the book were the activities um, that you had put in for the couples uh, you had suggested they do. And there's one activity you have called the lunch bag activity. And so can you please explain how, what the lunch bag activity is and how it can help couples? Okay. The lunch bag activity is fantastic because it also asks you to determine what your love language is. Mm-hmm. And so love languages give you the opportunity to say, I like quality time, words of affirmation or acts of service or physical touch. And what happens is you take this lunch bag, which is literally like the paper lunch bag you went to school with in elementary. I mean, somebody had boxes, I'm sure. <laughs> so the point is really to have it such that it's that you can't see into the bag. So it's not transparent or translucent. So um, you drop in there based on your love language, what you want to have done throughout the course of that week. And then you exchange bags. 
So your partner is doing for you what you put in the bag. So every day or whatever you agree on, every other day, what have you, you pull one slip of paper from the bag that says, um, I'd like to go on a picnic. Well, that might mean that you need some time for planning. Mm-hmm. So you might not be able to go on the picnic that week, but now you're, okay, on Thursday of next week, we got time on the calendar. We're going to go on this picnic. And then that person sets it up. Now, if you have someone that you're connected to who needs great detail of the blanket got to be the right color and you got to serve the right food and you need little plastic glasses or glass glasses, or you, need, then you need to be thinking from that perspective. What makes this a true experience for them? Mm-hmm. Not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons why I really liked that activity and reading about it was because it gives you something actionable. I'm big on like, what can I do? What can you do? How can we like physically show Mm -hmm. that there's something here? And we play games often. So um, Mm -hmm. like even with our podcast, like (laughs) normally our first episode back is a game. Uh, We keep cards around like we're we like to do things in this way um, and give our give ourselves like something to look forward to as well. And I thought that I thought it was cool and I want to try it. And I think it can be used with our with our kids, with Drew, oh, yeah. like as she gets older mm-hmm. and able to understand, her, you know, how she feels, you know, respected as a person and as a kid. <laughs> like it's like something on your face. Um, <laughs> then she like get, it would be something that uh, she could really everybody could use. I just see it's I, I see this is what you said job. in your book is generational. Like this yeah. can, this is changing families. Um, if people could could get this and integrate it in their families, so. Oh, Dr. Janelle, thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Is there anything more you'd like thank to say you. to us or say before we close out? We will give you time also to yeah. tell us how we can find you online, TikTok. We heard you got a TikTok, Instagram, your book, LinkedIn. Like, where can we give us, give us all the things? It's a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I will say that my motto is the greatest generational wealth we can bestow is emotional and mental wellness. Without that, you can leave millions. And if they don't know how to regulate their emotions, if they don't know how to engage with other people, Mm -hmm. if they're going to use substances to cope, your money will be gone in no time flat. That's so important. And then you can get me on my website at tmicounselingandcoaching.com. You can see me on Instagram in two spaces, tmi.counseling and then Dr. Janelle. And then I'm on TikTok at dr.janelle, L-M-F-T. So that's Dr. Janelle, L-M-F-T. <laughs> we dragging. I have to try to remember all that myself. So it's like... It'll be all in our show notes, everybody. Yeah, no, we will definitely follow back up with those details. Thank you so much, Dr. Chanel. This was great. You can find her book everywhere. I was just Googling it. It's at Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. so it means it's everywhere else. Um, so. Yeah, Barnes & Noble. It's a bestseller on Amazon. It's also in some of the boutique stores in D.C. and Baltimore. Hey. Um, Charleston, it's in some of the stores here in the boutique stores. So, yeah, you you can find her everywhere. Yes. And it's wonderful, y'all. Y'all know we do not talk about things on this show that we do not identify with, (laughs) care about. And it is really good. And we highly recommend it. (sighs) Okay, thank you, Dr. Janelle. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, yeah, Dr. That was Janelle. A good one. I had fun with that. Oh my God. Yeah, so y'all don't know this, funny. but she stayed on with us for a little extra. Yes. We do have extra recordings, answer <laughs> some some side questions. I gave her some scenarios. <laughs> if you have access to an actual marriage count like a therapist, mm-hmm. you should ask questions. <laughs> you should ask questions. If you was talking to a professional race car driver, you might ask them some shit about a car. Yeah. You might talk to MJ about some basketball shit. I'm yeah. gonna talk to the marriage counselor about some marriage shit. Yeah. And I think that she was really, really cool. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Um, so y'all tell us for engagement. What did you think of the interview? Will you get the book? Or where are you gonna get the book? Because yes. Prime Day is coming up it or is. it may have already nope, passed. It's coming up July eleventh. This, this is not an ad. All right, yeah, no, it's not an ad because they're not giving us money yet. <laughs> we put it out there though uh amazon prime we open to it um <laughs> when you get the book paper or hardback uh one or the other or kindle yeah get that we have the electronic version it is so good i meant it when i the said pictures I, alone i i created notes so that we would be prepared for the episode and mikey really enjoyed that Y'all, i included the graphs <laughs> i'm about to start using different words we have to um print that no like really y'all Really? Yeah, I've already looked into the price of getting the poster at Office Depot. Really? It's like $6. Well, we're right here by Staples. But I prefer Office Depot. Why, Mikey? I've been going there since high school. You know that it's okay for you to go to a place that's closer? We're not getting into this because we're not doing a fight or flight. Okay. Because my next flight was going to be the shit you pulled with this car wash. We'll talk about that what another day. What did I pull day. with the car wash? You made me go to a new car wash. And you loved it. We're not talking about this because there's All no right. fight today. Will you get the book, y'all? And where will you get the book? Let us know. Shoot us an email at blackmailmarriage@gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 770-750-4098. Or hit us up on social media and let us know what you've learned about intimacy. And you can do one better and join us over on Patreon because we will definitely be talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to break this down. Uh, We have a whole episode discussion channel on our Discord. And I'm absolutely sure this will come up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But also, we're going to go live on Instagram and talk about this. We actually would love for y'all to tune in there as well. Yeah. Sometime. Mikey just told me we're going live. Look at that. What do you mean? We talk about this. (laughs) We talk. We discuss this. We're doing after show IG lives to talk about the show. Nobody shows up for that. That's fine. Which we realize. So we have to. What's, we have to talk about this. We have to so I'm just putting it out there right now. So y'all know up. this is a thing that happens. And be like, ah, we talk about the episode. Got you. Okay. You want to trap niggas. <laughs> PDA. <laughs> PDA. It's Michael. It is. Lord. You the one that didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight. Okay, so this is an old an old something, but you have not been thanked publicly for it, and I would like to thank you publicly for it. For what? So anybody who's done any work, any child inner child work, any self work, you know that there are random bouts of randomly crying. Lots of things <laughs> come into your oh lots of things actually. No, that's not the PD I want to do. Nah, but finish this because that shit would have been fun. Right, so, so there are two. So I would say two. I'm not. I haven't had random bouts of crying. I've been very emotional. I've been like my heart chakra is all the way open. Okay, I'm just I'm open. Mm-hmm. I recently finished listening to the book Me Before You, and it is a movie with Amelia Clark in it. Uh, she played. Quick, what's the pre- uh, premise? Plot. Uh, a guy living his best life gets in an accident, becomes a quadriplegic. Uh, wants to this means paralyzed from the neck down yes uh and he was like the worst like there are levels to quadriplegics and i didn't know that mm-hmm. but um he's like 
one of the the hardest ones and but he can still speak and everything and he's still very handsome all those things but um he wants to die he wants to go to switzerland and die um and his mother makes him promise to give her six more months you know mm-hmm. and so she hires a caretaker who's amelia clark mm-hmm. who plays danny and game of thrones to basically keep him alive make him want to live and it was a beautiful book and i finished it in the car Mm -hmm. and i could not stop crying and i had been in the car actually for a long time before you actually saw me i had been there trying to stop crying and i could not stop crying so i was like when you have to go on the go inside Mm -hmm. look at me and you're like what happened and i was like the book was so good and you could have taken that time to judge me as I you said have everything in the past. I needed to say in my head. But you just wrapped her arms around me as I saw. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Y'all, I was so I had to go oh, I had to go take a nap. I had to go integrate. Mm-hmm. I had to shut all the stuff down and take a nap. And I just wanted to say thank you for not doing the thing you would have done. Which is what? Which is talk about me. About crying over a book. You would have done it. You know you have how done long it. a day I had? I wouldn't. That's not what my mind just was. Just looked at like, me and you just girl. gave me a hug. Oh, you gave me a real hug. I did. And I really appreciate you for that. No, because your feelings were real. It has nothing <laughs> to do with the fact that this is a fucking book. <laughs> your feelings about it were real. And that that's fine. It was beautiful. I'm growing. All right. You are. And I, I love you for it. And you have been doing that a lot lately. You've just been like, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm trying. I'm going to be a witness to these tears. I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm not going to say anything. You specifically asked me. To stop doing that. And you have listened in our seventh year of marriage. Yeah. And I really appreciate you, Mike. Sometimes I don't need, uh, lots of times, I don't need to say anything. I just need a body. So thank you sometimes. It's super weird doing it, but you're welcome. Thank you. That's my PDA. Okay, your turn. My PDA is coming off of this episode. Okay. Thank you so much for getting in contact with this woman. They got in contact with us and I responded because y'all know like, we responded to emails. You don't understand. You understand because we were talking about this, but marriage counseling has been something that I've wanted to do since we did it before we got married. Mm-hmm. Before that, when I first saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but that's not the point. <laughs> I think that it is super cool to have had the conversation that we had knowing that it's going to spark more conversations in the future. Mm-hmm. Like being given legitimate tools. I like tools. That book. We talked about this. When I when I did therapy a while ago, one of the things that disappointed me in it was the fact that I didn't I didn't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, I want to do some stuff, so I feel like I'm doing some work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did couples therapy before, and we was like, you can't keep getting on this video telling us that we're perfect, everything's perfect. and everything's fine. <laughs> because we we know it's not. And we're Pull being as honest of, as we tell, can. Like, <laughs> Try to create some discord like, in this bit. Like, this dude, so, she's like, y'all are amazing. Y'all are so cute. I wish that my, my son and daughter, you know, like, I hope that they find no, someone like you. <laughs> I don't think you listen. I hope. Mikey. That, like, you all get everything that you want. Like, yo, look, no, tell me. Thank what, you. <laughs> thank you. But. And. You know, like. There's an emotions chart. It's a it's a chart. There <laughs> <laughs> is a whole chart. We already talked about this in the episode. But, like, no, dead ass. Like. I think that this is what it looks like when we're being deliberate and intentional, mm-hmm. when we're doing the things that we are, we said we wanted to do or set out to do, right? Mm-hmm. Build community, help couples, talk to each other, mm-hmm. help ourselves, do the thing, be the people that we wanted to be, be the parents we wanted to be. Like that stuff helps us do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to just coming out of the fog, coming out of the fog and stepping into like that right there mm-hmm. was very fun. It was very fun. And so 
I love you. I love you. I know this is only like our second episode or, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, I am excited to just continue getting back into the swing of things with you because this is, this is fun. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. But that's it. You're thanking me for responding to Mitch. Let's just say that when I first told Mike about it, he was like, no. I was tired. I was tired. I was like, Mike, can can we context? Don't yeah, I'm not saying that saying, he hadn't seen the email yet and I literally had just brought it up and he just thought it was another one of those scammer bot things nah, and I was like You no. didn't give no context as to like what the book was. We just like, yeah, I wrote a book and we should like talk about it. We were in uh, passing and I was just like And I was in a space I just, where I'm like, I don't even want to talk. I just wanted about? to inform you that I had already told them yes. So <laughs> And like, so, and that's what did it and so this was a matter of you just knowing that the interview was coming up well we I, talked about this and yeah. i am following your lead in spaces where i believe you can and should and do very well and so i trust you yeah and i'm gonna continue doing this because i think it's really fun to do this in public spaces and i really want more men to like do this and like mean it mm-hmm. but like when you write you write <laughs> and you killed that shit and <laughs> thank so you. thank you thank you no dr Danielle was wonderful she was funny. She's so funny. She's funny. Her like, facial is like there may or may not be video on this. She's so funny. This may be our return to YouTube. Y'all I'm might get like, y'all uh, video for this one. Yeah. He's looking forward to YouTube. I am not. We can be back on YouTube. Y'all videos of the podcast. <laughs> At the very least, y'all gonna see him on Patreon. At least y'all gonna see Mikey face. How about that? How about we just do your angle? You're beautiful and your face will also be on there because they need to see the faces that you made when that woman says stuff. Because she that told was me to hush? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's on the first part and or the second part of Patreon. Oh. <laughs> but she said, didn't I say hush? <laughs> I have never seen someone <laughs> so professional. Say hush. Sip water the way she did. Or maybe it wasn't water. It was <laughs> maybe it might have been some white wine she had in that shit. <laughs> I think she it was water. She said, didn't I say hush? Just hush. <laughs> hush everything. That might be in the bonus. Not just stuff. your words, but your face. Your that was funny. All of it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was a good time. Thank you so much, baby. You're welcome, babe. All right, y'all. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast is hosted and co-produced by Mikey and Randy. What you doing? I thought you were going to say it. All episodes of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast are edited by me, Randy Chapman, at Wordy Productions. The podcast management production company. Wordy Productions is the shit, y'all. Stop yeah. sleeping. If y'all want some podcast strategy... I'm your girl. You tired of your manager dancing in the videos, all in the background? It's a death row reference. It's fine. I didn't have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, you're you're Suge Knight. No. Yeah, come Mikey, over to death. No, row. no, don't do that. Don't do that, and don't do that. I'm editing that out. You have to leave Mikey, it in there. No, other people. I don't will want understand to be the reference. him. Well, you're not actually Suge, Mikey. I don't want to be anything be Diddy like instead? him. I don't want to be any of them. That was the beef. It was Diddy or Suge. Who you want to be? Diddy Suge. Diddy Suge. Myself. I'm not Zoe. I'm not Chloe. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> now you got it from the damn episode. Drew does this. Drew does this thing where she's like, I'm just myself. Oh my God. So, okay. Wordy Productions. To connect with us, join our community at patreon.com slash marriage. It's still lit. We have calendars detailing our events, know what's going on before the general public, meet some cool people, and see what our community is like. Plus, you get episodes without ads. By the way, shout out to the people that joined after listening to the first episode because yeah. y'all heard what we said and you got on there in time. 
Now's Thanks. the time to join y'all. We are now still available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite streaming services. Rate us. Five stars. And review us. Yeah, y'all. We love to shout y'all out, but we can't do that. We don't have a message to read. So leave mad messages. Thank you. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast Fight or Flight Jingle was created created by the Ebony Janae at Janae Jingles. Details in our show notes. Still the homie. And be sure to check out our website. I think it's up. I don't know. www.blackmillennialmarriage.com. If not, just let us know. We'll share screenshots of what it was before. Follow us on social media platforms. On Instagram, we are Black Millennial Marriage. On Facebook. Black Millennial Marriage Podcast. And on Twitter. At underscore the chat. Y'all may have seen it, but we tweeted last week. Did we? Yep. There was a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening, y'all. Be blessed. Don't settle. Fight clean. Peace. Yeah. 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 One, two, three, let me step into the moon.